It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, we continue to have uh, the largest class sizes in Europe and we're going to talk to Joe McKeown, the president of uh, the INTO, about this. Good morning to you, Joe, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us. Uh, The average class size in this country is, what, 24.1? And that compares uh, to 20 in places like Estonia, Finland and Poland. Uh, And... Uh, the reason for it is probably found in the OECD report published yesterday, uh, Education at, at Lance, and it looks at the spending on education uh, across some 36 countries uh, and measures national wealth uh, and gross domestic product and how much of that is applied to education. In this country, it's 3.3% of our GDP. The average is 4.4%. Uh, and the top performers uh, would include countries like Norway, uh, where they spend 6.6%. So I suppose uh, it's not too hard to work out why our classes are so large. Well, it's certainly not hard to work it out, and it certainly wouldn't come as a surprise to anybody uh, who's who's involved in primary education as a a teacher or a parent. But the other thing about the report I think that's interesting is that it makes it very clear that having larger class sizes, particularly in European countries, has an impact on levels of reading, particularly in in our children. So... You know, there has been some debate for some time uh, in education circles as whether class sizes, uh, you know, lowering class sizes would benefit children academically. Um, But the report makes it very clear that it would, um, particularly in areas like reading. So, you know, we really do need to make a change in this and we do need to get it down to the, the... We do need basically what the report is saying, that Ireland is bottom of the league when it comes to investing in primary education. Mm. Um, And that's a very, very sad reflection. Uh, on things. And I, I um, take it the level of education that you leave primary school with uh, is uh, what you develop uh, and that everything after that is an extension or a development of that particular stage that you're at when you're 12, 13 yeah. years well, of it's, age. Well, it's, 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 it's the foundation stone mm. and it's also, if you think about it, people of all uh, uh, classes and uh, of all levels of wealth and, 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 and so on uh, attend primary schools and generally attend the public funded primary school system. So hmm. it is, you know, something that, that delivers an equal service to, to everybody. And what's very interesting, I think, is that the report, you know, shows very clearly that in Ireland, we are very, very good in our schools at supporting children from poorer backgrounds uh, and that we do very well in that regard. It also shows that we're really good at uh, making sure that children who are 
from uh, countries other than Ireland who aren't born in Ireland, uh, newcomer children and mm-hmm. so on, um, that were really good at making sure that their levels of education are close to uh, um, the, the levels that, that Irish children receive themselves compared to other countries. So if we actually funded primary education properly so that the parents who listen to your programme wouldn't have to buy the books mm. uh, and, and have the big expenses that I'm sure you hear about every September um, and that the classes were of average size, we could do even better at addressing the inequalities in our society. Mm. And what class sizes uh, would be appropriate? Uh, 20 per class? Yeah, I think that mm. like what we were saying very, very clearly is the European average is 21. Uh, as, as an average class size. And we feel if we can get to that, which basically means mm. reducing it by one every year for the next three years, uh, we think at that point then that we will have got the class sizes to where we want them to be and we can then look at other things that we need to do. Um, but class size is definitely the big mm. issue and the report is very clear. Improving class sizes will also improve performances in reading, mm. uh, which is really, really important. Uh, and explain to me why. Uh, uh, is it as simple as the teacher being able to ask children to read more often? Uh, and if they're reading more often yeah. in the classroom, then their reading ability is greater? Well, there's, there's a few different things. First of all, if you can, and again, a parent, uh, any parent will, will understand this. If you've got 20 children in your class, uh, compared to having 30 children in your class. Well, if you have 30 children in your class, it's going to be harder to spot the child is having difficulty. That's for starters, because there's 10 more children to be, to be looked at. It's going to be harder to deliver the support that that child needs because there's 10 more in the class. But from the child themselves, and I, I would often say to, to, to adults, how, would you, how do you feel about speaking in front of 30 other people? And an awful lot of adults, even people like myself and, and, and indeed yourself, mm. you know, you do need to take a little, a, a little deep breath before you, 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 you perform in front of a group of people. And yet we sometimes ask young children, six or seven years of age, to actually be in this group and to express themselves. And mm. so the kind of level of, 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 of attention you can get, how, mm. you, how secure you feel, if you're in a group of 20, it's a lot easier than if you're in a group of 30. Mm. And uh, if you can develop that skill at seven or eight years of age, mm-hmm. uh, it'll stand to you all your life. Yeah, well, certainly, mm. and, 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 and the reverse of that is also mm. true. If you don't develop the, the good foundations, you are not going to make progress later on in life. Uh, it is going to be more difficult. So it's really, really important that we finally recognise that the place to deliver the most equitable uh, service to 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 our, our, our population is through the primary school system. Mm. I mean, we have 3,000 of them. They're all over the country. Every community has a local school um, that provides a good service, and it really should be resourced uh, uh, properly. Um, and we're not saying extravagantly, but we are bottom of the league, mm. and we really need to get out of that relegation zone. Okay, and we are doing better, of course, uh, than we would have... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, we, you know, we, I mean, many of us, are, many of us remember sitting in classes of forty. Uh, but when we talk about these uh, averages of twenty-four, 
Um, that's only an average. There are still classes uh, where there's 30 yeah. children in the class. I mean, one in every seven uh, uh, children is in a class of more than 30. Class, and I'm around yeah. long mm. enough to have taught a class of 42. Yeah. So I know, mm. I know what that's class of 42. like. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah. It's like being yeah. <laughs> at a concert and, or something. You know? and, 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 mm. and I can mm. tell you that mm. uh, when yeah. I was principal of a school, I, we had a class of 36. And right. I remember yeah. uh, people coming over from the Netherlands, teachers, yeah. and they were taking photographs of it because they'd never <laughs> seen that many children. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a, thir- a third world country. Uh, and, and what about classes like that? I mean, for all of the uh, classes in primary schools now, uh, with this move uh, to change the COVID restrictions, how concerned are you about that? I, I, I'm very if- concerned. And, and I'm, 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 I'm up in Armagh at the moment uh, um, meeting with, because we have teachers who represent schools in the north of Ireland. And what concerns me is that this is what they've been doing for the last number of weeks. They basically stopped uh, testing and tracing uh, COVID in schools. And yesterday, they were looking for the army to come in to assist in their hospitals. Uh, I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, It's way too soon. Uh, The the HSE have not been able to provide us with the accurate figures, with any figures, uh, uh, complete figures, for the last two weeks since schools opened. Uh, The figures they gave last week represented about 15% of the what they think is the total amount of COVID cases that they had. Uh, And to be talking about Mm. easing restrictions when you don't know, they just don't know what the transmission levels are like. We all want want children to be in school every single day. I I, I thought they had actually uh, given figures of about 4.6% transmission rates. Yeah, they did. And that, and and I was at the meeting last Mm. week where we met with them. The the positivity rate of 4.4% is based on analysis of what they think is about 15% 15% of the cases. So there's 85% of the cases that they still haven't got to analyse yet. Mm. Um, and that was for last week. Uh, uh, and, and that, So trying to make these decisions without any data is, is, is shocking. And like at this stage, it's not about the, the, the obviously staff are worried for themselves, mm. but, but, but staff are vaccinated. To actually think that you're going to say to the largest group of unvaccinated people, that you'd make an announcement yesterday that no, we won't even we won't even do a pilot on antigen testing to see what it, whether it'll be effective. Mm. We won't even do that. We won't ask people to wear face masks. And then, if there are people who are living with others who have COVID, we won't tell them to self-isolate, and we'll put the largest group of unvaccinated, unmasked people in indoor settings. And unmasked is an uh, important point as well because children under 12 are not to wear masks or under 30. Yeah. And so so you, could have, you could have 37 people in a, a small room with, yes. without masks on uh, right. uh, who could have been close contacts. All of them could have been close contacts. Yes. Uh, the children yes. probably aren't at much risk but your concern is obviously for your members, the teachers. Uh, and then you're given... We think other, other children, I mean the thing mm. about it is that you know, a child who gets COVID could be bringing it home to other adults who are vulnerable. Uh, I mean, it, it's not just about the, the teachers in the schools. The, our principals are telling us that their experience on the ground over the past two weeks is that when it gets into a class, it spreads. Mm. And that's what they're, they're, they're saying compared to last year. We know that compared to last year, the number of schools that have had cases in the past two weeks is about three to four times the number of, of schools that were getting cases last year. And to effectively decide that we are not going to try and interrupt the transmission in our primary schools in about two weeks' time, um, well, I certainly would have to say I am alarmed 
I'm alarmed for the staff, but I'm alarmed for the children and their families as well. Okay, Joe, I have to leave there. Thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. Joe McKeown is the president of the Irish National Teachers Organisation. Michael Reed on LMFM. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.